0: Happy Sunday morning to you. I am here with my dad. Uh, got a lot of titles founding pastor, husband, dad, granddad, great granddad, and around here we call him Pop Pop. So, good
1: looking, you uh, Good that. looking,
0: I forgot. Good looking. <laughs> and Papa Jean. My dad is with us today, and man, you want to hold on to your seat because he's going to share a couple of stories uh, that God did for him years ago that impacted his life as well as, gosh, I, just hearing the stories impacted my life. And so I called him and said, hey, would you come on today and share those two stories as he's here, so thanks, Dad, for being here. Good to be here. It's an honor to have you. A few things before we jump into what we have coming for you today. Uh, this Saturday, May the 30th, I believe it is, we are launching out our Come Back Together phases. Phase one is all of our groups are opening up, so get online and check those out, mybelieverschurch.com as well as we're asking people just to get together organically. So there's a lot of families in the church that are just calling friends and saying, hey, let's get together, watch church online together. I know we're inviting some people over to our house on Sunday mornings to watch it with us and just to begin to build community in a smaller way as we prepare to gather for July the 5th. But this Saturday, something great is taking place every saturday between now and july the 5th we're going to be gathering here at 5:15 on the property to pray together we've got 12 acres of land here and we're just going to scatter out and pray pray over the buildings pray over the chairs the property the kids ministry and i just invite you to come out and then afterwards for those of us that you know may be ready to get back out and get into the swing of things we can go to dinner together hang out grab some pizzas together who knows but we'll have a great time so please this saturday Grab the kids, grab the family, come out and pray with us. Well, let's jump right into it because what Dad has to share is going to bless you, and I want to give him as much time as possible to do that. Our Bible reading between now and July 5th is the book of 1 Peter. So there are five chapters every week. You can check along with us at the Bible Reading Project. You can check those links out there if you follow us on social media at The Bible Reading Project. Some great stuff coming out. Ryan and I, every week, are putting out uh, Bible reading material to encourage you to read it every single day. So 1 Peter, all week long, when you get in your groups, when you get your friends together, read it, pull a verse out, talk about it, and let the Holy Spirit give you some great revelation. Let's jump right in. I do the New Living Translation. I'm just gonna read the whole chapter. It's a short chapter, and then I wanna jump in and specifically look at a verse today that I believe will challenge us. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew and chose you long ago and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay and through your faith God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show you that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Through Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you've never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when He told them in advance about Christ's suffering and His great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days He's been revealed for your sake. Through Christ you've come to trust in God, and you've placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart. For you've been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. As the Scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And that Word is the good news that was preached to you. That's good stuff. Amen. 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 (laughs) I want to just talk to you briefly about the Scripture Verses 15 and 16, uh, you know, Dad, as, as I was praying about and talking to the elders, talking to you and the team here is praying about what we need to do to come back. Uh, and we've landed on July the 5th. And as we were going through, you know, should we go back really early and rush back and try to get back as much as I miss gathering and miss relationships and lunches with people, uh, I really felt like the Lord just challenged me that, that there are things that God wants to show us individually. Uh, you know, there's the corporate body of Christ where we come together as God's people and we gather together on Sundays or in groups or whenever, you know, more than one or two, more than just a husband and wife, but other people. And when we gather together, there's the corporate body. And then there you know, those of us that are individuals. We have gifts and talents and we lend our, you know, our service. We lend our time to help the body of Christ grow. But I've always believed that you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And a lot of times that maybe we don't factor that my personal life matters. It matters to God, but it also matters to the body of Christ. So as I was looking at this, I felt the Lord say, I want you to look at First Peter, and I want you to begin to challenge, of course, myself, challenge myself and challenge those of us that are in this body or those that watch who just, you know, are kind of coming into to us as a church here at Believer's, And just challenge us to look at ourselves, to look at the things that hinder us. You know, it said uh, in the first few verses, it was talking, I love what it said. It said, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. There's an expectation that God places on us. And here are the two words that jumped in my heart this week as I was praying. that's when I called you and said, would you share these stories? Because it's, you know, we're home and quarantined, and I hear people saying, well, you know, the church is not a building. We are the church, and, it, and that is true, but a lot of times we don't understand how much impact that really has when we say that. Like, we are the church. We represent Jesus. People are watching us, uh, the way we talk, the way we live, the way we act, the things that we do. And uh, this scripture jumped out that said, you just need to be holy And that just wouldn't leave me alone this week. You know, be holy because I am holy. Hebrews 12 says, if you're not holy, you won't even see me. And then Jesus, Matthew 5, 48, says, be perfect as the Heavenly Father's perfect. And so here are these two words that I think a generation of Christians has just pushed them off to the side. Like you don't really hear strive for perfection. We just hear deal with me. I'm not perfect yet. almost as an excuse to not be perfect, not even like I'm striving for perfection. I just use it as we all sin, God's a God of grace, just get over it, nobody's perfect, how dare you judge me? And so... There's this word perfection from Jesus that when I read it years ago, be perfect as my Father is perfect, and I'm like, nobody can do that. That, How can I be perfect like my Heavenly Father's perfect? And then I read this in Peter. Oh, and by the way, not only is perfection expected by God, but holiness. And if you don't have holiness, you won't see me. But what we do with holiness is we don't even want to talk about it. We just throw it off as that's just too religious. And so the two words that become battlegrounds in the Christian faith is legalism and carnality. Those two words just uh you know become the way that we try to work our faith out legalism is i'm going to do everything i can do in my own power to be perfect quit smoking quit drinking quit doing everything you can do don't lust don't look at pornography don't cheat on your wife don't lie Uh, you know, watch your mouth, watch your thoughts, be careful what you listen to. You know, I grew up in a church where we went to church and, you know, Mm -hmm. it was, there was a lot of that teaching. Don't, don't smoke, don't chew tobacco, don't cuss, you know, don't, 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 don't. And you get into this legalism that God, my perfection is, is because of the things that I quit doing. And there's a whole segment of church people that, Get legalistic that we won't even watch TV, won't, won't wear makeup, won't, I mean, just very legalistic from, I can't believe you drink a beer. How dare you? I can't believe you, you still chew tobacco. A good Christian would never do that. And, and we take this legalism word under this banner of perfection and we just fight for legalism. And then we set up denominational things in religion and become very legalistic about it. If you don't tithe, you don't get to do this. If you don't, you know, you can't get tattoos. You can't, you can't, you can't. And gosh, the list of rules in Christianity is profound that we have set up. And then the other word, that's for perfection. The other word is carnality. And that's just, I'll deal with it. I'm me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live sloppy I'm going to claim that I love Jesus, but I'm just going to keep living my old life. And that's even what Peter said. He said, you can't keep living your old life. You've been born again. You've been washed by the blood. There's been a price that's paid for you. Paul will even say this in the book of Corinthians chapter 3. He said, I wish I could talk to you like mature people, but you're still carnal. Meaning that there's an expectation that not only are we perfect, there's an expectation that I quit living carnal. And carnal is that fleshly, just deal with it. I, I am who I am. That, you know, my daddy was that way. Or, you know, the, the language we speak. You know, we burst out in anger. We lose our temper. We watch things that are questionable. We have character traits that are questionable. You know, and then we just take this word carnality where God says, if you're not holy, you won't see me. And then I look back and go, Oh God, really doesn't care about my holiness. And then I look at what's on my phone, the pictures, the uh, you know, the things that I hide secretly, my secret thoughts, my my actions. Uh, kind of, I'm a dual person. I'm on Sunday, I'm that legalistic perfectionist person, and then Monday through Saturday, I'm just this carnal guy. I'll cuss you out in a heartbeat. I'll slam doors, holler at my wife, kick the dog. Um, watch anything I want and even say all oh, that stuff doesn't bother me. I can, I can watch anything I want to watch. It doesn't bother me. And I've said to people, well, it, you know, it may not bother you. But we have to understand when we claim to be born again, there is an expectation that carnality quits. There's an expectation that if I'm born again, I'm new. And then therefore, if I was an angry, mean, cussing, slamming doors, powder, well, I can't keep living that way. Like that, that's the expectation of Jesus. And I'll say that to you as well. Like God, Jesus has an expectation for our perfection and an expectation for our holiness. Jesus says this, be perfect like the Father is perfect. And you and I look at that and go, that's impossible. I've tried it. I've quit everything. I've stopped everything, quit hanging out with my friends. And then carnal, if you're not holy, you won't see me either. And so then we look at this and go, gosh, you know, who's, who could ever even be saved? I mean, who could be saved if God is after perfection? And no matter how many rules I keep, I realize I'm not perfect. And if God is demanding, and I think that's a good word, He demands carnality to stop. Because He says, if you're not holy, you won't see me. And that's not some preacher that preaches that. That's the Word of God that says, if, if I'm not holy... I don't even get to see Him. And I think a lot of people would debate that. Oh, it's grace. And then we sing it, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I'm gonna see Him because it's all grace. Grace, 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 grace. Meaning, I wanna get away with everything I do. I wanna get away with how I live. I want to claim to love Jesus, but I don't want to change. I don't want to be any different. I'm still going to be a jerk. I'm still going to pout. I'm still going to lie. I'm still going to cheat on my taxes. Watch whatever I want. Listen to whatever I want. And this passage in Peter basically begins to, man, really hit us between the eyes. You're born again by the blood of Jesus. And because you're born again by the blood that was a high price that's paid, you should be holy. You should live a different life. You should be in another place. And so when I was reading that this week and that scripture jumped out, 1 Peter, here's what you can study this week. 1 Peter 15 and 16, be holy. Matthew 5, 48, be perfect. Perfection and holiness. Now that's what God is after. He's after perfection, whether we like that or not. And He's after holiness, whether I like that or not. God's expectation of us as His kids... Is perfection and holiness and what we do with that is we go legalism and carnality legalism nobody can do it or we try to do it and when we try to do it we ostracize everybody else or carnality just get over it I'm a sinner saved by grace have no expectations for me to be different I'm gonna go to heaven because I love Jesus so those two words dad legality and carnality which are opposed to perfection and holiness and then when i was reading that your story came back to me and your story just man i thought people have to hear that so i want to talk about your first story uh, in connection to legalism all the things because you know as well as i do we can't be perfect right there's no way gene evans mark evans can be perfect we're humans we fall and even though we do fall, I, I do want to tell everybody, listen, there's still the expectation of perfection. Now, any, here's, here's the thought for the day. Anything God expects of us, He has to make a way. You know, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So anything God expects of me, He makes a way for it to be possible. So if He expects perfection, there's a way it's possible. And if he expects holiness, there's a way it's possible. So let's talk about legalism and tell that story because there's a lot of people that may be watching. I've stopped this. I quit smoking. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that. You know, kind of feeling like they're earning perfection with God and judging other people. But you have a story where you had a vision, right? Mm-hmm. So tell that and just how it came to you and, and then what God showed you because I think it's a beautiful this story to me is, is a beautiful example of how God expects perfection but makes the remedy for it. So just yeah. share that with me.
1: Well, you know, I grew up in a non-Christian home, so I didn't really know much about the Bible or anything. Then got saved in 1963, and, uh, and God just completely changed my life. So I just wanted with all my heart to please God. So everything that I could do, I would do it. You know, I started tithing. I went to church every time the door was open. I would, you know, help people with their tax returns and visit, you know, sick people. And, but every time I'd go to church, I felt like I just came up short because there was somebody I'd look at and say, man, I wish I could be like them and do what they could do. And, and I'd cry, you know, every time I'd go to church, I just I just don't measure up. And At that time, I was a CPA in Gadsden, Alabama. And I was doing an audit in Gunnersville, Alabama. So I was about an hour drive. I was in my automobile. And I was praying, you know, just like you do sometimes when you get in your car. I was just going over different things praying. And all of a sudden, I, I had what I believe was a vision. I'd never had a vision. Didn't know anything about vision. Didn't know it was in the Bible because I was just freshly born again. But in the vision, and, and I'm driving my automobile, so I don't know how to explain it. Right. But I saw myself go to heaven and go up to the gate of heaven and, and who I assume was Saint Peter was there and I walked up and he said how do you plead guilty or not guilty and I said well Peter I plead not guilty and he said what do you base your plea on I said well Peter I I I tithe and I, I go to church every time the door is open and I I help people and and I visit people and I meet them in the Lions Club and you know all the good things we do in the Lions Club and I said uh, that's what I based my plea on. He said, well, let's f- find your name in the book. He got a book, went over and found my name. He said, well, it says here, uh, you've murdered 250 people. I said, I've had, I, I never. You got me mixed up with somebody else. He said, well, I don't make the law, but the law says if you've had hate in your heart, you've already murdered people. And he said, this is the way we're going to do it. He said, I'm going to put this robe on you, and for every mark we've got against you, I'm going to put a mark. And he had a little scarlet looking paint and a bowl and a brush and he started putting 250 marks on my robe and then he said, well, it says here you've committed adultery 2,500 2, times. And I said, no. He said, well, now listen, I don't make the law, but the law says if you've ever looked at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. So he put 2,500 marks on my robe and then he said you hadn't honored your father and mother, you hadn't loved your neighbors, he just went on and on and on. And when he got through, my robe was just completely scarlet. I didn't have a white place on it. And I said, Peter, what am I going to do? He said, well, you can do one or two things. He said, you can plead your own case or we'll give you an advocate. I said, well, I'll take the advocate. And when I said that, a door opened and the Lord Jesus Christ walked over to where I was. And he took that old scarlet robe and took took it off of me. And then he had a robe that was as white as wool. And he put that robe on me and he said, follow me. And I followed him down a long corridor with all these robes hanging, waiting to be put on people. And we walked into the presence of God. And as soon as we walked into the presence of God, I heard God say, not guilty. Let him go. He's perfect. And I ran back out and said to Peter, I said, Peter, I, I'm not guilty. I said, what's this going to cost me? He said, it's not going to cost you anything. I said, well, you've got to be kidding. I'm perfect. That's got to cost something. And he said, well, he said uh, all those robes are waiting to be put on people because God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And suddenly I saw something my holiness is all based on what Jesus Christ did for me 2000 years ago. I've been made perfect through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through that perfection God wants me to be the best that I can be, love God, serve God, put God first, and all the things that we do, but that's not what makes me righteous. What makes me righteous is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I I think if we can ever grab hold of that, that I'm never in my flesh going to be perfect, but I am perfect.
0: Now, in in that vision when you walked in before god and you're you know in that scarlet robe guilty mm-hmm. and you like saw a picture of jesus come out right and, and peter mm-hmm. said didn't you see his hands and his back and his that he paid that price for you
1: i don't remember that being in the vision but uh you know that that could have been that, that vision was 1963 well, sure. so right right i don't remember that part but it uh, i'm certainly that's incredible that could be
0: well you know, when you share, every time you share it, I get tears in my eyes because I, I grew up with that. I grew up with don't quit, stop, don't do this, don't do that, and it's futile. I mean, it lit like you said, you, you stand, you know, you do your best here on earth and you stand before God and God says, well, no, you're an adulterer. And then you say, well, I've never cheated on my wife ever. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, 2,500 times you've committed adultery. Yeah. If you even look at a woman with lust... And you know a murderer, if you've even hated you, you see the 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 reality of God is He wants you to know it's impossible. Perfection is impossible. It's expected, but it's impossible. And that's the trap of the world, Dad. Is that you know we expect perfection ourselves even, and we think we teach that God and pr- expects it, but then we it's impossible. Like, there's nothing you can do to earn it. And then that verse that says this, but we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that's where perfection is at. So you can understand when God says, I expect perfection, be perfect as your Father is perfect. Jesus isn't putting all of the um, demand on you. He's looking prophetically to Himself. So when he says, be perfect, Matthew 5, 48, as your heavenly Father is perfect, he's looking at his own sacrifice. He's looking forward prophetically to his own judgment, to his own death of giving his blood. So in some weird way, here he is talking to these Pharisees and these people on a hillside, these very highly religious people in Judaism. And yet in this, how only Jesus can do it, I expect perfection. And so you need to know that the only way it's going to happen is me. Even though he didn't say that at that time, but he's looking prophetically to what Peter says. So I want to share this with you before you hear the second story, which is powerful about carnality. I don't know how hard you've been trying to please God. I love what dad said every time he would go to church, he would look at other people and go, I wish I was that way. I wish I could be better. I wish I was a better person. And you just beat yourself up. And I love what you said, he never measured up. You see, that, that is the beauty of legalism, is that you never measure up. You try and for a while you feel good about yourself, but then you never measure up. You always are guilty. You, you, you can't serve because you're guilty. You can't pray because you're guilty. Somebody asks you to pray over the meal at Thanksgiving and you feel guilty, like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Constantly beating yourself up, constantly uh, taking just the, the legality of religion that you're never good enough. You know, I quit smoking, but, and I'm so proud, but a month later, I'm beating myself up that I'm never good enough. And, and I talk to people all the time, Dad, who just have this belief that God's ticked off at him, mad at him, you know, and yet at the same time I try to say he's not mad at you. He just wants you to understand it's impossible. He wants you to understand that you're guilty. He wants you to understand there's nothing you can do. So that's what I tell you this morning. There's nothing you can do. Understand it's impossible. Understand you will never measure up. You will never be good enough. You will never achieve perfection. And then therefore, just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe, let your blood cleanse me. And in that, you're perfect. Well, that deals with legalism, right? And perfection, it's by the blood of Jesus. But now this phrase of holiness. So many Christians just live and tolerate sinful things. You know, it's just... We just tolerate it, and and, and then we say things like this, Well, because Jesus saved me and loves me regardless, I can just keep living carnal. You know, I believe in Jesus. Jesus saved me. I'm going to heaven, and I'm just going to keep living the way. I'm going to sleep with who I want to sleep with, do what I want to do, because I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. So they, they get the He died for me part, and I can't do it myself, But then they use that as an excuse to just keep living the way they live. And even Peter says, you can't keep living that way. You can't keep living your past life. Uh, There's an expectation. So perfection is dealing with your past life. It's, It's impossible. Get over it. Holiness is dealing with your present life, meaning you need to live changed. And there's a lot of people who confess Jesus but who who dabble I will use that word they dabble in behaviors and and actions and you know and so now here's gene who's born again you realize the power of god you've had this vision and then i want you to share that story where you know you had a dream and god just gave you a very vivid dream about the subject of carnality and what it would do to you if you didn't deal with it right
1: well, I think one of the, the great things to kind of add what you said is that uh, there's no way we can be perfect mm-hmm. except through Jesus Christ, but there are things that the Bible says opens doors. You know that, there, be it living right is for my benefit, mm-hmm. not for me to go to heaven. Right. But if I'll quit smoking, I'll have a better, healthy life. Yes. If I won't commit adultery, I won't hurt. Me and I won't hurt other people, and I won't damage uh, myself, and you know just way, the way I live. But I know, you know, when you and other our other son Gary was growing up, and, you know they were all Gary and you would always come in and say, "Well, everybody in the world gets to go to this kind of movie, or everybody everybody gets to watch this on television, and we live here, and you won't let us watch that." And and I was June and I were talking. I, you know, you, We don't want to be too strict. I wonder if we're trying to be too strict on our kids. And one night I was in bed and I was sound asleep, and I had a dream. And in my dream, I was playing with a little little snake, and I was just having fun, you know, with that little snake. And I noticed it started getting bigger, and then it as it started growing, I began to get afraid of it, and then I got into panic mode because the snake started wrapping itself around me and was just taking over my life and suddenly I woke up and I really was terrified it was that it was that vivid of a dream and I got up and I thought man what does this dream mean I went in the bathroom and I as soon as I walked in the bathroom said God that scared me what does that mean and the Lord spoke to me in the bathroom and said give no place to the devil you can't give any room for the devil because the devil has been defeated through the Lord Jesus Christ and he has no rights. He has no right to come against me. He has no right to interfere with my life unless I open a door for him to walk through. So I think all these things in the world that we look at and say, don't do that. We don't do that to go to heaven. We don't do that to be righteous. We do that because Satan is our enemy and he's looking for any crack that he can sneak through and through that crack begin to destroy my life here on this earth. He may not be able to take me to hell, but he can destroy my life here on this earth, destroy my marriage, destroy my reputation. You know, all of these things are very important for us as Christians. We're to be the light of the world. We're to stand out. We're to, we're to be able to say to people, follow me as I follow Christ. Let's live a life that gives a testimony that God is a good God. Wow. God loves us and God wants us. God does want us to live right. God does want us to have a, well, the Bible says perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Yeah. And you can't live that way carnally, but you have to put away your carnal way of living to trust God that your righteousness is not in that, but your your. Welfares in that your, you know how well we live on the earth is dependent upon how little the devil can come in and mess our life up.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I am, um, you know, I remember you sharing that dream when I was a kid because I think we were wanting to watch all kind of bewitched and all these, you know, different things. And and it's so true because I would always whine like, well, my friends get to go to this movie, and God gave you that dream. And I love what you said that. It's not that God is trying to, you know, my carnality so I can go to heaven. It's so I can have heaven on earth right here. Right. Ephesians four don't give an open door, a place to the devil. Uh, I think one version, I love it, it said don't give him a foothold. Right. Uh, I heard years ago, I heard this, knock, knock, who's there? Just a little sin, so I crack the door and all hell rushed in. Yeah. That all it takes is a crack. And... And uh, so thank you so much for sharing those. I mean, I've known them for years and they bless me, but I wanted other people to, to hear how God worked your life with this issue of perfection. A man that was always feeling, I don't measure up, always feeling guilty and showed you the blood of Jesus Christ as the remedy. And then a man who says, you know, well, I don't want to live too legal and strict, but I love the Lord and learning how not to play with the devil. You even wrote a book called Shut the Door uh, on how to stop the devil's access to our life. So before we take communion today, and I'm gonna ask Dad to pray for you and pray over the communion, bless your life. I don't know where you are, but I know God, He knows everything going on in our heart. You may be on the legalism side. You may be that person that says, I just feel like I never measure up. I'm never good enough. I'm always failing. I flunk the test. I tell God I won't do it, and I do it anyway. I feel like God's mad at me. I feel like, you know, whatever your excuse would be. And I just want to encourage you with this. No matter how you feel, the blood of Jesus Christ makes you righteous. The blood of Jesus Christ is what accepts you. The blood of Jesus Christ is what forgives you. The price has already been paid. So as you're striving for perfection, your best answer is this. It is impossible. Therefore, I just need to believe in Jesus. And by doing that, you're what Peter will call, be born again. Maybe, second, you're just living carnal. You love Jesus, but you just play with a lot of questionable things. The things you watch, how you talk, your eyes that wander, your thoughts that wander, uh, just very questionable. Uh, maybe some of you young folks are looking, you know, or listening and if you look down at your phone, some very questionable people you may follow on social media, some very questionable TikToks or Snapchats that you have watched or looked at, very questionable secret things, uh, private things, things that are hidden. Well, those things are called carnality. They don't, may not keep you from heaven if you're born again, but they definitely will destroy your life here on the earth. They'll impact your future. They'll impact your present. They'll rob you of joy and contentment. So if that's you today, it's a simple fix. Repent. It's a simple fix to say, God, that's me, and I got a lot of questionable things here, and I'm not going to play with it. I love how you said you just played with it, Mm -hmm. and it grew bigger and bigger. So you may think right now, oh, it's no big deal. I can play with it, but hey, the longer you play with it, the bigger the habit, the bigger the sin, the bigger the addiction, and then the bigger the tragedy. You know, one little drip can turn into a mountain of a flood that can destroy friends and family and marriages. So as we get ready to partake of communion, I'm going to ask Dad to pray. There's those two categories, the, the perfection legalism and the holy carnal. And I'm just going to ask him to pray for you. And as he prays, I want you to believe, if, if you don't believe and you're in that impossible, I want you to just say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I'm even going to ask Dad just to lead you in a brief prayer of confessing Jesus as your perfection, as your Lord. And then if you're this living carnal as Dad's praying, you know, I, I want you to just say, God, I give this to you. I give this questionable practice, this secret, this thing that I've been holding on to. I'm not going to let it be an open door. And then we'll take communion together and we'll believe that the Lord God is just going to open your heart. And as we conclude, I want you to stay in First Peter all week. Man, follow along in the Bible reading and just let the Word of God begin to speak to you. The groups that are going to begin to meet, take the book of First Peter chapter 1 and just tear it apart with one another. Share your favorite verse for each other. If you're inviting friends over, be bold. Talk about this. I bet everybody who claims to be a Christian or knows anything about religion can have a conversation about legal and carnal. It's very prevalent in the South here uh, where we call church. So, Dad, I'm just going to turn it to you, ask you to pray however God leads you, however the Holy Spirit leads you, and then bless our communion, and we'll end with communion.
1: Well, one thing the Bible says is whatever we sow, we reap. Mm-hmm. And I think as we take this communion, we need to realize that this, this blood was shed that I could be righteous. The bl- So this is why communion is so important. Every time we take communion, we're saying the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ saved me, washed me, cleansed me, made me righteous, and I can stand before God perfect, entire, wanting nothing. And the bread we take is saying the body of the Lord Jesus Christ bore my sicknesses, bore my pain bore the sin that belonged to me. He took that in his body. So as we take communion, I I would like to lead everybody in a prayer and say this, say, Dear Heavenly Father, Father, I thank you you for the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Because of that blood, blood, I am perfect, perfect, entire, entire, wanting nothing. nothing. Satan has no place in me, no no power over me because of the blood of Jesus. Of blood and, of I Jesus. and I do that believe his that his body bore my sicknesses, bore my, sicknesses, my sin. Bore my and as I partake of I communion, I will live for God. I will, live I will God. serve God. I will, serve I will God. Be, on be on his side. And I thank you, Father, thank that, you've Father. Heard my that you've heard my prayer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Now let's take a communion as we seal that in our spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
0: Amen. Well, Dad, thank you so much. Amen. And it's a blessing. I appreciate you coming on and sharing. It always blesses me. I pray it blessed you. And I do ask this this week as you go what a great way to go through the week and understand you're perfect because He's perfect, and you're holy because He's made a way through the power of His Holy Spirit Amen. for you to die to all of the things that try to swamp your life. I love you. I bless you. Dad and I and Robin, Mom, we hope to see you here on Saturday at 515 for prayer. And in other, in other days, have a great week. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, the angels of God keep you. And as I always say, be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth. We'll see you soon. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message.